Hello and welcome to the Office Double Podcast, episode five. I'm in here with Emma Weber, who's been on staff with us for three, two years. I keep overshooting. Literally everybody that I've had in the last couple days, really? I've shot over by at least a year. Wow. I thought Anna had been here a year. Nah. She's only been here five months. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Emma's here with us today. Uh, Emma has just over the past couple of years, obviously she did her DTS here um, and then came back and did BLS. And then after two years of staffing schools, uh, she actually staffed on like, were you on ever on Hosanna's staff team? It was only on, on mine and Jason's and then mine and Nathan's later. Um, which was awesome. And then now she's uh, moved over into the cafe and is working with them. And I'm there's some stuff going on there that maybe we can talk about. I don't know. Maybe I can cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Not that okay. Um, so, yeah. So, Emma, would you just kind of open up by telling us kind of your journey from, like, really finding out about YWAM and kind of hearing about it for the first time to where you're at today and kind of what God's spoken to you in the seasons and different ways that you came to be where you're at. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always wanted to be in missions, like growing up, I always wanted to do things that could help others, but I never really knew how to get there. I was from like a really small town, so people never really left. And You're from Minnesota, right? Minnesota, yeah. Okay. So a small farm town that everyone moved off to college and then moved straight home afterwards. Yeah, I really love that. Um, But I did not want to do that. And so when I moved into high school, I actually started going to college as a junior in high school. Yeah. And so I graduated from high school with two years of college done. I was like, hmm, I don't really want to go to university anymore. Like, maybe I can do something else. Yeah. And I was thinking about doing like culinary school or just like traveling. And then. My aunt gave me a flyer for YWAM Denver. Um, she and her husband had some connections there, so she got it in the mail. She's like, maybe you should do a culinary DTS. Yeah. I was like, hmm, maybe I should. They have that. They have one. A culinary that. DTS. Yeah. So it was like you worked in their kitchen, but also did the DTS so you understand how to cook. Oh, cool. And then they got kitchen staff. So. Oh, uh, cool, cool. <laughs> 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 um, they no longer run it, though, sadly. Oh, mom. Yeah, so I asked my parents, I was like, maybe I should do this instead of going to college. And they were like, absolutely not. You need to go finish your degree because otherwise you'll never finish. And so I settled on a university and went to university for two and a half years after I graduated from high school. And then during that time, I felt like God spoke to me to move to Australia and to start working in cafes. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea how to do that. So I just Googled YWAM Cafe Australia, <laughs> very educational Google search, and I found the meeting place, and I was like, okay, but I have to do a DTS before I can do anything with it. Yeah. So then I was like, I might as well just do my DTS in Brisbane. And then I was looking at the options, and it was in February, so it was mad to music, art, and dance, or um, health and fitness, or Beach to Bush. Like, mm. Felt like having talent, so I did Beach the Bush, and then during that time, 
just kind of hung out in the cafe and talked to Mish a lot, yeah. the general manager, um, and decided to come back on staff. And when I left, I wasn't sure what I would staff. Mm-hmm. So I staffed schools, I just in the cafe, but I felt like I'd come in to staff schools. So I staffed Mad October for two years with the coffee shop. And Which your school would have been, the first school that you staffed would have been... Oh, okay. Maybe my timeline's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, while I was on outreach on my BTS, they announced the coffee shop. Okay, yeah, yeah, and Okay. And that's how, when I got confused. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what school <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, it was the third coffee shop that I ran that I came back to. Yeah. And then, during that time, um, Michelle was just like, hey... We'd really like to start a search for you in hospitality through the cafe, but we need someone who's qualified. And I was like, I think I know someone. Like, I have a bachelor's degree in hospitality, so I'm pretty mm. over-certified. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, you are. Do you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we should pray about this. So then I prayed about it over outreach, and by the time I got back, I knew I was supposed to do it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Quick, A quick explanation for people who don't live in Australia uh the there's the certification the cert three mm-hmm. there's like a a program here it's kind of a secondary educational program level type thing it's it's like going to college but not yeah. um and so they offer like certificates and and diplomas through that um that are accredited and I think so you guys are talking about starting up uh, an actual like accredited course through the cafe in hospitality yes which is pretty much just this service industry and and hospitality as a general thing <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah um, yeah there's a little bit of general generalities is that a word i don't know hmm. it is <laughs> <laughs> of like hospitality industry that will be covered but a lot of it will just be cafe stuff mm-hmm. um, because we don't have like actual guest services yeah. or mm. an optical kitchen we can't do a lot of the other courses mm-hmm. but hopefully soon in the future we'll be able to provide yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool That's it's, it's really cool because and I think we should talk about this a little bit mm-hmm. about kind of the the ministry side of the cafe because it is an operational cafe like us here at the base where we can we can like go in and get a coffee but it's also open to the public and there's like kind of a a kind of a mission to get people in and not get people in but for the people that do come in to have a cup of coffee that they can actually engage in like authentic relationships with the staff around and and the people that are actually working in the cafe which is like awesome and that has probably it's probably one of our like most established ministries on base um one of them and and i think m- one of the most effective ones too um where we can like genuinely share the love of christ with people through that um and to see that like been going for the past few years i remember I was here when the cafe was really young and it looked a lot different. Like there was walls where there's not walls anymore. And really? 
they weird colors on the wall and <laughs> like <laughs> just like a really different vibe than it is in there now but like as it's changed it's been cool to watch that and now you guys are like even pursuing like a a, a deeper i guess a, a deeper level of that like ministry because it's not just to like the would you only offer the cert to like people in the community right or like within ywam or would it be something that you can actually train people Mm -hmm. um, we want to provide opportunities for staff to stay after they finish their VLS. Yeah. But then also um, reach out to the community, especially to the high school. Um, Mercury High School is just across the road, and there's one confessing Christian in the whole school, which kind of breaks our heart. Um, yeah. And so we're trying to develop relationship with their chaplain and different teachers there so that we that's not the chaplain right that's not the chaplain that's right. just the one the student, student. student wow yeah okay yeah <laughs> it's terrifying and terrible so we want to build relationship with them through having them come and do word placements with us and mm. study with us um but also like yeah we have different ways of connecting with them but we really want to use the cert team to do that yeah. We talked about offering it to chaplains in rural Cleveland so that they can serve their schools better or serve their communities. Um, and there's always churches and different organizations asking for training for lower prices, and they're always asking us. And so we're like, well, mm -hmm. why don't we make it so that we can do this instead of having to say no all the time? Yeah. The pastors are already serving in different ways. Yeah. Why not send a chaplain team out? Yeah, that's sweet. Mm -hmm. So what about kind of going back to just what you guys have been already doing mm -hmm. for the past few years? What about and, and even your passion for like coffee and what what you feel like God's called you to in it? Mm -hmm. Like what about it is something that like draws you in and like how do you think God's heart and like is communicated through mm -hmm. this industry i've always seen it as an empowering industry it's a very simple first job to get yeah and ways to progress through it and so it's always been like well this is how you can influence people is if you're owning a cafe or managing a cafe and spending time with these people people will know that there's something different mm -hmm. about you you're able to like speak into their life in a different way yeah yeah. In a way that they're already like they're already seeking out employment. So it's yeah. Like, okay. Well, you didn't know you needed this. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. As well as like the coffee industry from tree to coffee beans to the cafe, like there's a lot of opportunity within that line in order to. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to influence people through that line of where are you getting your beans? Do you have a relationship with yeah. your farmers and your pickers? Do you have a relationship with your roasters? But also people love coffee. So like mm -hmm. your business will probably succeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I worked in the I worked in the cafe for a time. Mm -hmm. uh, probably only about three months. 
Um, but I remember when we were doing the training, we did like the like training of like how to use the machine and like how to actually pull a shot and steam milk and how to make different drinks and stuff. Um, but part of the that so that was like one part of the training, but another part was kind of even just learning about like the history of coffee and and the culture of it. And it's crazy how how long people have been drinking coffee. Like it's something that you don't think about really, but like it's been around for like the 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 way that people like roast beans, crush them up, brew them in water, and drink it has been like thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. in the making. And there's so many even like cultures that like have kind of sprouted from that, like different cultures drink their coffee in different ways. And there's ceremonies in other nations that revolve around coffee. And like, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing that like regardless, and it spreads throughout all of like all different cultures, like mm-hmm. we're, like there's not any one culture that does it more or less or like, it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I think one of the things that kind of we watched like a documentary actually. Okay. Uh, I you might have seen that. Maybe it it was talking about like the history of it, but then it also kind of brings it into the modern uh, modern day and like talks about a lot of the problems with the coffee trade and um, and yeah, but like there used to be these. I can't remember what culture, some European culture or maybe middle eastern where they're like were coffee houses that people would go to mm-hmm. and and it was like that's where you met up to to hang out and talk and stuff mm-hmm. and like people would gather there to like philosophers and educators and people would would gather there to share ideas and stuff and the amount of stories that they had that of like the different revolutions that happened because of people sitting in a coffee shop like it was wild and that always stuck with me and it's like it is it's weirdly like ingrained in what it is like there's something about it that just draws people together and mm-hmm. and brings people together so mm-hmm. it was interesting yeah. it's wild how you can look back at history from then where people were doing that mm-hmm. and like today it's still like oh let's go get a cup of coffee yeah we want to like have a conversation or have a tough tough meeting or this like hang out after church yeah let's just go to the coffee shop Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy how we can do that here in australia but also like that's what people do in america and that's what we did in japan yeah that's what we did in malaysia it's just cross-cultural at this point yeah and the differences in like how that's done and and even like how different like how it's served or you know what the environment is like the coffee culture in australia is so much different than it is in the united states mm-hmm. and it's so much different than it is in like oh where's somewhere at turkey they have like a way different way that they treat coffee but they do they do have a way you know so yeah. that's really cool mm-hmm. it's cool i i think it's like a really i don't know just that the, that there's so it spans across so many different types of people and and it's so like universal which i think is like right at the heart of god like Mm -hmm. that it can 
it can be enjoyed by anybody just like you know just like anybody can experience the love of god and mm-hmm. like have that in their life that's cool um so w- when you were when you were like i just talked to christian mm-hmm. uh what two episodes ago and we were talking about kind of what drew us back to school eating mm-hmm. um and and like we both could have we both had this like one thing this a thought or like a word from god or whatever that was like okay that's the thing that i can grab onto that's going to make me say yes to this and going to actually push me forward in this decision mm-hmm. like going from staffing dts's which is one like totally different form of ministry yes. uh to like working in the cafe like what was what was that thing that kind of I mean you were already there kind of but did you have a did you have something that kind of pushed you in that direction or um you know you know what I'm saying yes. Yeah I mean you already were going to say yes <laughs> I guess but I wasn't really going to say yes I was like oh, oh you weren't I was like I'm just going back to do DLS and like this will be the end and Oh okay you know, I've always wanted to use like my privilege as something that empowers other people. So I consider the opportunity of going to university a privilege. Mm-hmm. Like not everyone gets to do that. And so I chose hospitality because I wanted to own my own cafe. Yeah. But deciding to come back was like, okay, well, I have a degree in hospitality that I haven't used since I got it. Why don't I give two years and use this to train and empower people to get their first job mm. or get a better job or yeah. start their own cafe somewhere else? And so, yeah, empowering people, I guess. Is yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. How's that? How's the the what's the difference between or how is the transition from from like staffing DTSs to going into the cafe and doing ministry on like a totally different level mm. what was that like it's still kind of strange because it's like dts is like high speed super intense yeah all the time you need to be available and the cafe is like you have two five-hour shifts this week and then <laughs> yeah like what, what do i do with my time like where am i supposed to be yeah um so that adjustment is huge but also <coughs> there's just like, I guess it's a different way to approach ministry as well. Like, the people that we see now, like, we've only been up with, open to the public for two weeks now since COVID. Oh, you guys are open to the public now? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. For, for a couple months, we were all, or maybe a month and a half, so that we were only open to people on the YWAM base. From March to four months wow where dude i'm like challenged with time right now like i don't i cannot like tell you accurate timing for things at the moment it's okay i feel like our description of time has just been really thrown off by quarantine yeah that is true like very true that was three months ago 
Yeah. And it lasted for about, for in here in Australia for about two months. Yeah. Where we were like, pretty much had to stay at home. Yeah. Oof. So anyway, you guys are now open. <laughs> <laughs> we are now open. So there's more of like a maintaining relationship with customers and trying to like navigate that, but also like how do we take initiative and like start conversations instead of, oh, you're here to do your DPS. Let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. It's like, oh, welcome to the meeting place. Can we get you a coffee? And how do I start this conversation now? So that's been something actually we've been talking a lot in our meetings um, because we want to get better at doing it. Mm -hmm. And so just coming up with different ways to do it, whether that be writing encouragements on people's cups or yeah. like gradually building my relationship instead of being like, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Next time they walk up to the window. Yeah. Because that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is weird. So it's challenging, but it's fun to do yeah yeah that's cool so oh that was your phone <laughs> um so let's say outside of ywam mm -hmm. like unless you're just planning on being here for all time i don't know <laughs> but like what is your how could you see like your own cafe slash ministry like coming about hmm. i actually would much rather own a coffee farm a coffee farm yeah really yeah like in the middle of ethiopia yeah have a coffee farm and practice sustainable and ethical farming mm -hmm. and empower the community yeah around us okay explain why that's important um to have ethical and sustainable coffee production. Mm. Um, so, coffee is a very hands-on harvest and production thing. You can't really use machinery. Mm -hmm. And so, all of your coffee beans are hand-picked um, in different processes. Like, they pick some and then pick the next um, off of the same tree. Like, mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we're picking all the berries. They pick certain berries first and um, but many people aren't paid well. Um, coffee farmers aren't paid very well. Yeah. Um, we're still getting 99 cents a cup of coffee here in Australia. I don't know about other places, but you're like at 7-Eleven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's just like the in the machines that make the worst coffee that I've ever tasted in my life. Yes. yes you're still only paying 99 cents, which means your farmer is getting like zero money, which means they can't their pickers very much money mm -hmm. so it kind of goes back to like the sustainable fashion thing where like are we paying people living wages or are we just paying what's left in the bucket after we've produced a million things for five dollars yeah and so yeah but also like building community within that and like helping people have places to live or stay because they're usually like wandering from farm to farm yeah. to find work so how do you make it a year-round production or like a partnership with people where they can have community and move from farm to farm still and things yeah like yeah that's another i i remember watching that document i'm pretty sure it's black black gold yeah, it was 
Was it really trendy? It felt like a like a nineties like elementary school documentary that you'd like your teacher would like wheel in the TV <laughs> to watch. <laughs> so maybe that's it. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um so but yeah, I, I remember watching and it seems to like like who the buyers mm. are the ones who like are able to set the price. Mm-hmm. Like they have they've they've cornered the market in a way that like they can really demand whatever price they want and mm-hmm. like if they don't if you're not if, if you as a farmer aren't willing to sell for that much or that little mm-hmm. then they're just gonna go somewhere else and like they've kind of got themselves a pretty sweet deal yeah. in a really bad way <laughs> <laughs> uh like so yeah it's that's really cool because i that you like see the need for that and it's tough man there's so many places and so many different industries around the world where that sort of thing is happening and yeah it's awesome that i think it's cool that there's people that like have a heart for that and not just because you see that it's bad but also because like because you see that it's actually in god's heart for people to be treated fairly and and like get a good wage for their work and and like be honored in the way that they deserve especially when they really like serve the world in what they're doing like like come on anyway that's awesome yeah i also like struggle with the whole like white savior thing where it's like oh i want to be a missionary but Mm. if we just go in and feed them what is that doing yeah especially in africa it's like oh we go and we feed them for two months and then they're starving again but like yeah why don't we give them actual skills and abilities to get work and then provide work for them? Yeah. And like my heart has always been like, well, let's start a coffee farm and get it going and then walk away from it and just give it to like the community or yeah. somebody there. Dang. That'd be sweet. Be- I know a guy, I know a guy, this isn't coffee. Mm. It's uh, uh, hazelnuts, oh. which in Oregon we call them filberts, okay. by the way, if you didn't know that. I actually don't call them that, but other people do. Anyway, uh, but I know a guy who uh, was, he's felt called to be a missionary in Turkey, mm-hmm. um, which is really like, it's a really closed off nation as far as like, mis- like proselytizing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you can be a Christian in Turkey without any issues. Like I think culturally you'll probably have some issues but like as far as the government like you don't have any but it's illegal to to like actually share your faith there um so this guy was went to school uh to he went he did like agriculture uh degree and he learned how to grow uh hazelnuts Mm -hmm. and so he's like he went to osu which they have a really great agricultural and and science departments in there and he's like a top-notch hazelnut grower like he knows how to do it right Mm -hmm. and so he went over to turkey because they have the two i don't know if this is true exactly but i know that one of the largest hazelnut producers in the world is turkey and then if i'm wrong if i'm right i could be wrong oregon is second 
So he okay. went from Oregon over to um, over to Turkey and like got a job on a hazelnut farm where he's like actually helping people like bringing the methods that he learned over there mm-hmm. um, and working in a hazelnut farm. So he's like actually providing like valuable skills to the people that he's coming to. And then he's also using that as a platform to start a church and yeah. and like share the gospel in that way. So this is really, really interesting ways to like, I think it's so cool too, because you can go over and not just like your whole mindset, not just be like, I have to get people saved. I have to get people saved. I have to get people saved. But it's like in the same way that I'm going to, I'm going to come over, like bring something valuable mm-hmm. and and like share it and and freely give it mm-hmm. in the same way that I'm going to bring my faith which is valuable and freely share and freely give it. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Cool way to do it. So yeah. It also provides like discipleship like opportunities. It's not just like here's the gospel yeah. and bye, but it's like here's the gospel. Now watch me live it out and I'm going to challenge you to live it out. Yeah. Every day of your life. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just like oh now I'm saved. It's now I'm saved. I have to live by kingdom values. And how do you do that? And how do you speak that value into other people as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Well, awesome. Well, I think we're coming up on the end of our time here. Mm-hmm. Thirty minutes. Mm, yeah. That was fast. Doesn't go by kind of quick. Yeah. I mean, we could probably keep talking, but we don't have to. You know, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm actually really, I'm glad that I got to talk to you because in the last episode we talked to Anna um, and we just kind of talked about her, um, just her experience growing up in missions field and stuff. And then she also has a really, like she also has, she's doing the cafe internship. She has a desire to like own a cafe and do ministry through that. And I, we were kind of in the gear of like talking about like the missions that she grew up with. And then mm. it was a really weird, like it, I, we couldn't quite figure out how to talk about like cafe and, mm. and that sort of thing. So right. it was really choppy there at the end uh, and probably left a few people confused, but I hope that like, I just am glad that we got to talk cause I think it kind of tied into that really nicely. So anyway, Well, thank you for listening to Apostella Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye.